Hi, I'm Jesse. We're in our series titled Reason for Hope, an apologetic series. This week, we're dealing with the problem of evil, and I often put problem in, in quotes. I wanted to give you guys an update uh, in my Nihilo box. So far, um, there are no universes, no planets, no Yorkies, nothing has self-generated from the Nihilo box. We'll keep you posted, but so far it seems like Nothing comes from nothing, and the only way that anything could exist is with a timeless metaphysical initiator bringing it to be. And the only extant account for all of creation as it exists is Genesis 1 and Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, and John 1. Here is another biblical passage that you can refer to when answering the problem of evil. Remember, it's great to keep scripture central in your practicing of apologetics because we're not trying to make deists of all nations, all right? Hell is full of deists. We're not trying to make creationists of all nations because hell is full of creationists. Even demons are creationists. It's not sufficient. If you're particularly bold and you want to share from one of the very passages that I shared in the opening sermon from Reason for Hope, Romans 1 also explains where evil comes from. Are you ready for this? You and me. <laughs> All right, we invite it. Here's Romans 1, 18. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, People are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless. Their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever. Amen. You and I were the gatekeepers that let evil in, man. We are partially responsible for some of the very evil that we blame God for. It is the scandal of the millennia that the, that the devil would get off scotch-free while God is blamed for evil. Moreover, while you and I, giving in to the devil's temptation, never tempted beyond what we could bear, but according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, always given a way out. And yet when we fall into temptation, we succumb to it, we willingly open the door and let, let evil in. Who are we? What gall do we have to say like, but there's evil in the world. Evil's a problem for God's existence. When you and I were the morons, let the tiger in. Romans 1 coincides well with Romans 3, of course, same book. Romans 3 speaks to a doctrine that is held to by Calvinists and Arminians at the Synod of Dort, where the followers of Jacob Arminius and the followers of John Calvin convened. They both presented uh, summaries of their thoughts. The Calvinists presented the five points of Calvinism, TULIP, T-U-L-I-P, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. The Arminians showed up with the Articles of Remonstrance, and central to even the Arminian view was total depravity. In fact, that's why total depravity 
was the first point of the Calvinists. It was actually the express resonance. So whether you're an Arminian or a Calvinist, everybody within Christianity agrees on total depravity, that we are sinners, that we introduced some of this sin ourselves. Romans, uh, Romans 3 speaks to all of our collective sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness, uh, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all done this. When you look back at Romans 1, man, you can't beat up too much on people who commit sins that you don't commit. You could be sexually as straight as an arrow, and you can't beat up too hard on what you see in Romans chapter 1 because, man, you've sinned too. I've sinned too. We've all sinned as well. When we look at evil in the world, we call it a problem. We have egg on our face. We're hypocrites because we contribute to it. I've contributed. I've sinned. I've messed this world up a little bit my own way, so who am I to complain? It's pretty arrogant of us to look at evil in the world and say, oh, that's such a problem. Look at what you people did when every one of us, by our sin, opened the door to let evil in. So you can share Romans 1 and Romans 3 if you're feeling particularly bold when you, as a Christian apologist, are answering questions about the problem of evil in the world. Be sure as you do this to share the hope as well. All right, go from Romans 3 to Romans 6.23. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is hope, man. This not only answers beautifully the question of evil and why it exists in the world, but it also shows us what God does about it. Tomorrow, we're going to look at a passage where evil gets its tail kicked. Only the Christian worldview can account for an ultimate reckoning for evil for all time. This is hope, man, and people need it. Go share it with somebody. Speak up. Be bold. Be an apologist. The fruit of your evangelistic endeavors as you practice apologetics, especially if you say true to scripture as you do, are eternal. They last forever. And they're more important than anything else you and I will do with our days today. Are you ready? Go share the hope.